Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. Today's story is called The Esrog from Gan Eden. Esrog from the Garden of Eden. Once upon a time, there was a Jewish teacher, Malamed, and he didn't have very much money, but he really loved the mitzvah of Lulav and Esrog. And therefore, with his wife's help, he would save up coins the whole year in order that, even though he didn't earn very much, but he'd be able, by the end of the year, to buy a very nice Lulav and Esrog, much more expensive than most people of his income bracket, but he loved the mitzvah so much that even though as a teacher of children, a Torah teacher of children, he didn't earn much money, but he did manage with his wife's help to save up enough money to buy a beautiful little Vanesberg every year. And every year before Sukkot, he would walk many, many miles, of course, to save money on the uh, the the money that he would have to spend for a, a wagon drive. And he would walk many, many miles, a few towns away, where he was able to purchase a beautiful little Vanesberg, a bigger city. He was able to purchase a beautiful little Vanesberg. And he would bring it back, and everybody in his village would use his little Vanesberg. It was always the most beautiful. One year, he was doing what he usually did, and he stopped at an inn to rest. And he hears that somebody is making a big, a lot of noise, a lot of crying and raised voices. And he couldn't help but hear that there is a wagon driver. He's dressed like a wagon driver, and he's talking like a wagon driver. He's saying to the innkeeper, please, Please, my horse died. I have no way to make Parnassus, to make a livelihood, to feed my family. You have a horse. Please give it to me on credit. I will pay you little by little over the next amount of time. That way I'll be able to earn money and I'll pay you back. The innkeeper said, I'm sorry. I simply am not able to do that. I feel terrible for you, but there's no way that I can give the horse to you on credit because I had to spend a lot of money on the horse and I have to get the money back that I spent. I simply cannot give it to you on credit. You'll only be able to buy it from me if you pay the whole amount in cash. And this was going on back and forth and the Malamid, the teacher, heard that the innkeeper was charging 50 golden coins. Not sure exactly how much that would be in American money, but it was a lot of money for that innkeeper. There's no way he could afford it. And he said, I can't. Now, how much money did the Malamid save up? 50 golden coins. Exactly the right amount. So... He went over to the innkeeper and he said, listen, 
I have 50 golden coins, which I was going to spend on my Lulav and Estrug and get the best Lulav and Estrug. If I give you 45 and leave myself just barely enough, just barely enough to buy a, a kosher Lulav and Estrug, will you sell him this horse? The innkeeper said, yes, I will sell it to him for 45. Okay. And so the Malamid counted out 45 golden coins. And the innkeeper said, here, he said to the wagon driver, take the horse, it's yours. This fellow did you a big favor. And the the Malamid left. Of course, the wagon driver said, thank you. And that was fine. The Malamid was not looking for anything more than that, even the thank you he didn't really expect necessarily, but of course the wagon driver had lots of derecherets. He said, thank you very much. I don't know how to thank you enough. And he was carrying on about how beautiful a mitzvah this guy did. And the beloved was humble, so he, he left. He went back out on the road. He trudged the rest of the way to the city where he would be able to buy his little of an estrog hopefully. And uh, the wagon driver, meanwhile, had a horse. He was so happy. He, he he went to the barn to get the horse. When he came back, the Malamed was gone. There was nobody to thank. And he had thanked him a little bit, but he wanted to thank him so much more. And he was gone already. Okay, he's gone. He thought to himself, who was this person? This person appeared out of nowhere and just gave the money and then disappeared. He must have been Elio and Navi. He must have been Elijah the prophet. He was so happy. He felt that Hashem had done a big nace for him. Anyways, the Malamed didn't know even about that. He just knew that he had done a mitzvah. He had the money. He saw a Jew that needed Parnassah. He felt it was more important than having a beautiful Luvah Nestrog. So he gave him the money. And he went on his way. He got to the city where he was going to buy the Luv and Estrog. And sure enough, his five golden coins barely, barely, barely bought a kosher Luv and Estrog. But it was kosher. It was kosher. Barely. But it was kosher. And he decided he's not going to go home for Sukkot, at least not the beginning of Sukkot. Because he's going to be so embarrassed, you know. Uh, every single year, he has the most beautiful lulavan asterisk. This year, he has like uh, the cheapest of the cheap. Why should he be go, go home and be embarrassed like that? They decided, at least for the beginning of Sukkot, he was not going to go home. He sent he sent a message to his wife about what happened. She understood, and he would come later on. Meanwhile. When he came Sukkis, he went into a shul, and it happened to be the shul of two famous tzaddikim. One was named Zusha, and the other was named Elimelech. They were two tzaddikim, they were brothers. Zusha from Anapoli, and uh, Elimelech of Lezhensk. Not sure which city this was. And he sat way in the back with his little Lulav and Estrog, got ready for the davening. After davening's over, 
one of the tzaddikim, I think it was from Zusha, came over to his brother Elimelech and said, Elimelech, do you smell what I smell? Elimelech sniffed the air. And he said, oh, I had, I had not noticed. Yes, there's something very special here in the shul. The very, very special smell. Rabbi Zusha said, I think that one of the esrogim in our shul has a special smell of Gan Eden. So they began to look around. They asked everybody, please, can I, can I sniff your lulav, your, your esrog? And they went from person to person. And some of the esrogim were very beautiful. Some were not so beautiful. Some were average. Some were above average. Some were below average. And they sniffed each one. But none of them had that special smell that they smelled in the shul. <clears throat> Finally, they came to the Malamid, who was way in the back, last seat, back of the shul. And they said, can we please smell your estrog? I said, sure. They sniffed it. Ah! They both said, this is the one. This estrog smells like Ghanaian. Eden, Lamed said, we talked about that's a very, very plain little estrog is barely, barely kosher. Oh, said Elimelech. Oh, no, 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 no. There's something very special about this estrog. Tell us the story of this estrog. No story. I didn't have much money this year, and I bought the cheapest estrog I could possibly. I can possibly buy That's the whole story. Wait a minute, Rebzusha said. There's got to be more to the story than that. Do you always buy the cheapest estrog? No, said the Malamid. I actually usually buy the most expensive estrog. And this year, I didn't have money, so I bought the cheapest. And why didn't you have money? Said Elimelech. What happened this year so different? So the Muhammad said, well, usually I save up very, very carefully all my pennies during the year. My wife helps me. And I'm able to buy a very beautiful Lubanesra. But this year, as I was resting up at an inn on the way, and he tells him the whole story about the wagon driver and how he bought a horse for the wagon driver with almost all the money that he'd saved up for the Lubanesra. So the wagon driver could have a new horse and could continued to earn the livelihood of Parnasse after his last horse died. Ah, said Zerabzusha. So that's what happened. Well, you only know part of the story, he said to the Malamid. Let me tell you what happened in the rest of the story. You see, every year Hashem measures all of the mitzvahs and all of the avedas, the sins of the yidin, and to see which one is the most heavy, which one is the most, which weighs the most on his heavenly scale. And if the mitzvahs weigh more, then we have a good and sweet year. And if the avedas weigh more, then uh, not so good. So this year, it was actually very, very nerve-wracking because there were, unfortunately, not enough mitzvahs. 
And there were, unfortunately, too many invaders. And on the great scale in heaven, it was weighing the wrong way. That the weight of the Averas was heavier than the weight of the mitzvahs. And all of the tzaddikim were trying so hard to bring more mitzvahs and more mitzvahs over to be put on the scale. But they were stuck. There was, there, there was somehow, there was things that were getting in the way. Maybe there were bags of, of Averas that were in the way. We could not, we had actually a big wagon full of mitzvahs, but we couldn't push it up to the scale because there was bags of Averas that were in the way. And we were all trying to push this wagon full of all the mitzvahs, and we couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a beautiful white horse appeared in heaven, and it hooked itself up to the wagon that we were trying to push, and we heard a big crack of a whip. And we heard somebody crying out, Thank you, Hashem, for sending me Eliyahu and Navi, who paid for this horse so I can earn a parnasa. And he cracked his whip as a way of thanking Hashem because he didn't know how to daven, didn't know how to read Tillam, didn't know how to use a sinner. He just cracked his whip. And the crack of that whip went all the way up to heaven. And the horse in heaven, the white horse in heaven that was attached to the wagon was able to pull the wagon right over those bags of, of Averis, those bags of sins that were stuck in the way. And the wagon was able to be pulled straight up to the scale and all those mitzvahs were able to be put on the scale. And as a result the mitzvahs outweighed the Averis. And therefore, this year is going to be a very good and sweet year for the Yidden. And how did it happen? It happened because you, he said to the Malamed, because you took your own money, which you had saved up for the mitzvah of Luvan Estrog, to do it the most beautiful way, and you realized it was more important to help this Yidden earn a panasa. And when you bought that horse for him, he was so happy that he took his whip. He didn't know how to daven, didn't know how to retill him, didn't know how to use a sitter. He just took his whip and he cracked it up towards heaven three times. He said, Hashem, this is the thank you. This is my way of thanking you for sending me a miracle, a nace, that I could have a horse to replace the one that died and I could earn a pranasa and support my family. And that's why your esrog has the smell of Ganadin. Because your esrog, your little, cheap, barely kosher esrog is the sign of the mitzvah that you did. And so the story teaches us a very important lesson. We never know what a kindness for another Jewish person means to Hashem. Sometimes it's just one act of goodness or kindness 
one mitzvah, one extra pasik that we're learning, one extra tefillah, one extra thing that Hashem wants us to do that can tip the entire scale and bring geula for the year or bring the final geula. And therefore, I want to encourage everybody in this new year, good and sweet new year, to make it a better year than last year in Taita Mitzvahs and goodness and kindness, doing a favor for another Jew, learning Taita, doing mitzvahs, davening, and this should make a big difference and bring the Gula immediately. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and more.